dice right, ice cream, alert, 6.54, Jose, okay, on nothing. Hey guys, here you are the week two of the third and eight. Hey, sponsored by Pure Clean and Wait For Us. I appreciate everybody joining me back again uh, hey, this week. This week, uh, there was going to be a fun week. Yeah, there was a couple of games of week four NFL I want to go over. A little bit of NBA Finals talk. And a mashup, a fantasy mashup of two uh, hey, local teams. Hopefully everybody's ready for it. I'm back and ready to go. I got my co-host Jason here with me. He's locked and loaded. Hey, Jason, what's going on, baby? Man, it's another good night to be here with the people. Um, thank you again for tuning in to 3rd and eight. First thing, let's just go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. The Monday night game. Game of the week. Chiefs versus the Ravens. Yeah, it was it was not Misplaced good. hope on your part. Yeah, and this is how the whole world is looking at me right now, Jason. Ha <laughs> ha! So <laughs> that's how I was looking <laughs> yeah, at you. It happens, man, and that's the difference in the best quarterback in football and the third best is uh yeah, Pat Mahomes come out being his usual Pat Mahomes self. And the big difference in the game to me, Jason, was a couple of throws. It was three throws, though, by Lamar Jackson and two to Hollywood Brown and one to Mark Andrews in the end zone. But as we tell our even our eight U kids, Mark Andrews, if it hits you in the hands, you have to what, Jason? You have to catch it. You have to catch it. I mean, there's no excuse. Yeah, especially you have like a Pro Bowl, you know, hey, tight end of his caliber. It wasn't a beautiful throw. It wasn't Peyton Manning-esque, but it was a catchable ball. He should have caught it. But Holden Jackson – under 100 yards passing, that's that's a bad look. That's a bad look, baby. I mean, as you said, we when we're talking to our five and six year old kids, even, yeah, where geez, we don't throw on. the ball a lot. I mean, yeah. the number one rule is if this ball touches your hands, don't blame the it's quarterback. It's expected of yeah. you to catch the don't ball. Don't blame the quarterback. I don't care if the ball looks like a duck. I don't care if it's a perfect spiral. Yeah. We expect you to catch the ball. So when you see someone paid millions of dollars to do this, yeah, and they don't, yeah, there really is no excuse. No. But going back to the quarterback play, Patrick Mahomes shot it. Yeah. I mean, against what was allegedly one of the best defenses in the NFL today, is there any defense that can slow him down aside from the L.A. Chargers? The Patriots, he's 1-2 against the Patriots. He has a losing record against them. And going to Travis Kelsey, I think he has a touchdown and two picks, and he's, I think, under 80% completion or something like that. It's a really odd stat. I forgot the exact numbers on that, but – I mean, Bill Belichick, he makes everybody look average. Although, with all due respect to Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, you know, he was the driving force of that whole ordeal. Um, no, but that's a different topic for a different day. But besides that, a, a standard defense in the NFL, I don't know where to take it. Good luck. <laughs> uh, Good luck to that. So, speaking of the Patriots, that's who they're playing yeah. this week. Yeah, that's why I brought that um, up. Do you think that the Chiefs can find a way – to remain undefeated against Belichick. Because, again, looking at their, their play against what is supposedly or allegedly yeah. the number one defense, he had he was, what, 31 of 34? Uh, or 31 of 42, I think. 385 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. And it didn't stop there because yeah. on the ground he had four carries, 36 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Do you – are you telling me it's going to look more like the Chargers game where he didn't seem to develop until the fourth quarter, or is this going to be, I'm sorry, Belichick, he is he is too good of a quarterback now to be slowed down? I have never seen a quarterback in my years of watching football you know, who looked like they're the dumbfounded Bill Belichick, and I think having a short week coming off a Monday night game, like I'm not saying Andy Reid is, is a, um, a slouch by any standards, you know, and me, arguably the third behind Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick in my opinion, but – um, I don't think it's going to be a monster week for Pat Mahomes, but he's like, you know, he Michael Jordan in the 90s. You can slow him down, but you're not going to stop him. I mean, right. He's still going to get his numbers. It's just how many he's going to get and win. And, and know, how efficient is he going to be is the main thing. If there's ever been something that Belichick um, excels at, is he understands, I don't need to completely shut someone down in order to win the game. Yeah. I just need to slow them down, as yeah. you said. And he targets Travis Kelsey a lot because he knows how much Mahomes loves throwing to Kelsey. And as I stated earlier, that Mahomes has a – I forgot the exact stat. That's like a touchdown and two picks and a weird um, – yeah, the percentage is throwing to Kelsey's way. But hopefully Clyde, Clyde edwards layer. hopefully he can alleviate a little bit of that, you know, coming out of the backfield. But Stephon Gilmore is probably going to shadow Kelsey most of the day. I have two where questions. Okay. W-H-E-R-E, where. Where was Lamar Jackson? As you pointed out, he was 15 of 28, yeah. 87 yards, God, that's bad. and a touchdown. So, and as I stated earlier, and this is the, I ain't going to call it a minor gap, but here's the gap 
with you know hey Mahomes being the best quarterback in football and Lamar in my opinion arguably the third is the home that is the throws that Jackson missed Pat hit right he hit Harvin on the deep route he hit you know Tyreek on the deep route those are the same throws that you know hey Marquise Brown who's known as one of the faster excuse me wide receivers in the league that Jackson underthrew one overthrew the other that kind of you know hey week in and week out play he's got to elevate it because he's been stopped twice in the playoffs early just because they've used a whole bunch of defensive backs and kept him in the pocket. And when you make him throw, it, he's not as efficient. I mean, plain and simple. Like, there's no other way to say it. I mean, he's just not as efficient. Well, he did have nine carries for 83 yards. I'd hope so. He, he did not the find run? the end zone on the ground, though. Yeah. My question to you is this. Do, do you think that they're coaching him out of his own game? Like... Don't turn him into a pocket passer. Right. I mean, he, he again, he carried the ball nine times for 83 yeah. yards, but in watching the game, there was plenty of other opportunities for him to make something happen yeah. on the ground, and he hesitated because is he just buying into this whole um, idea that the only way to excel in the NFL is to be a pocket passer? I think if you know his coaching staff is doing that, it's a disservice and a huge one to him. Um, Cam Newton, he didn't have a lot of winning seasons in Carolina, but the you know hey one thing I will say is that his coaching staff typically got the best out of him just allowing him to play his game. It did lead to injuries down the road. It did lead to them like you know him missing time at various points of his career. No, but at the same time, if I have you know an Anthony Davis on my team in basketball, I'm not going to turn him into a point guard. It's not what he does. You know he could do it. Just you know his talent level is so high and. But at the same time, it's not how he's building what he's made for. Right. So, Lamar wasn't the only one that didn't show up, and we kind of hit into this earlier. But my second where question is, where was the Ravens defense? I mean, they allowed 300. Behind all the Chiefs receivers. <laughs> well, they allowed 385 yards and four touchdowns through the air. Then they allowed 132 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the number one defense John Harbaugh-esque. Right. Yeah. That's Marlon Humphrey, strangely enough, although he got a new contract either Wednesday or Tuesday after a, a, the below average of performance Monday night. And that seems strange to me, but he is arguably the Ravens' best cover corner. And, I mean, it's so hard to guard Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs because if you guard, you, you know, Tyreek Hill deep, he'll kill you underneath with Sammy Watkins and Travis Kelsey. If you cover them up, who's going to guard Tyreek Hill one-on-one, especially now in the NFL? You're not. Right. So, I mean, it's just kind of pick your poison, and, you know, he just doesn't make mistakes. He's not going to make a costly mistake. That and I guess what I was looking for, again, if you if you are this alleged, you're put on the, the platform, the pedestal, whatever you want to say, of the number one defense, I didn't see them make any big stand Yeah, well, no. at, at, at any point. Actually, that um, yeah, in the second half, they stopped him on the fourth down and got a fumble, if I remember correctly. All kidding aside, if the – if I was a Chiefs fan and the score was switched and our defense got two back-to-back stops, I would have 100% faith it's a tie game very shortly just because of who's on the other side of my quarterback. That's not the same you know, type of belief I would have as a Ravens fan per se. Right. If that was you know, hey, Peyton Manning in his prime, like Tom Brady in his prime, you got 100% confidence as soon as that ball is turned over and it's a 14-point game, you're like, it's a new ball game, you know what I'm saying? Because our quarterback is going to come out and lead us back down the field, and Jackson just didn't do that this week. I guess the reason I say I didn't feel like there was a big defensive moment is I'm I'm a firm believer that you know a broken clock strike twice a day, yeah. and if you only stop the man twice the entire game, yeah, and it felt like he could do whatever he wanted to At any whenever time. he yep. wanted to. I never felt one time during that game that the Ravens defense was making a statement of this isn't. How it's going to be today? Yeah. You're not going to own this at home today. too, strangely right. enough. So, the, to, I guess to tie this up, I do have a, a question for you. Will the Ravens be able to bounce back this week against the Redskins? I guess the Redskins. Oh, uh, sorry, the Washington football team. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had to call you out on that one, but uh, yeah, I think so, just because it's Washington and it's Dwayne Haskins, and I think honestly the I ain't going to say Redskins, but the football team's defense. Has looked not terrible, especially in game one. Looked, you know, amazing. Uh, though for lack of a better, you know, we're there. But it's going to be different in week four for Jackson against the Redskins. The Washington football team defense. 
as opposed to last week they were against Kansas City. Well, they City definitely struggled against Kyler, uh, yeah. being the mobile quarterback. And yeah. Jackson's even more mobile. Ambassador, you so, think Kyler's mobile. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're winning to the Lamar Jackson. And I, Chase Young being hurt, who knows? And, you know, kind of bouncing off that. Yeah. Riviera came out along with the, the whole entire coaching staff of Washington's football team today yeah. and made it pretty clear that they had a round table meeting with Haskins and said, yeah. look, we, we, we're telling you what you've got to do to keep your job. Yeah. Do you think that's going to empower him at all or set the tone to do something against this Ravens defense? It could go one of two ways. Um, no, because some people it doesn't work for. And some people that, you know, a type of intensity and pressure could cause him to clam up. Um, and certain people, it could light a fire or, you know, he spark a, you know, a fire underneath him. Hopefully they'll play better. I mean, it's not like he's lacking of weapons. You know, Scary Terry is an emerging offensive threat. He does need a little bit of help with the running back position. Um, but I'm not quite sure. Who's the tight end in Washington, actually? It's not doing really anymore. It's Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a former quarterback. Oh, the yeah, Virginia Tech was. in the yep. ACC. He probably needs a little bit of help at tight end in there, though, to be fair. But, um, you know, if you're Haskins and your first-year head coach in week three has to come to you and have a roundtable meeting, if, if I was in Haskins' shoes, I don't say it. Like, I'm not quite sure how to phrase it, but I don't know how confident I would be as a pro quarterback. Right. Absolutely. Yes, yeah, like I have a little bit of shaking confidence, per se. Well, that wraps that up. After that game, I sent you many texts. Yeah, I was loading. Trash too. We were we were <laughs> tied going into that game, nineteen eleven and one. Yep. After that game, I'm twenty eleven and one. You're nineteen twelve and one, and I'm thinking surely going into Thursday night's game, the Jets was finally going to do something they hadn't done all season, win a game. The Broncos are going to fall short yeah, under a rookie about, quarterback. Yeah, Brian and I was ready to take a two game lead. And I was ready for you too. And now we're here. We're we're everybody knows how the game turned out. Yeah. We now have a one and three Broncos. We have an zero and four Jets. <laughs> I'll just start us off this way. Should AG be fired? I mean, should he be? Should he be worried about his job? Is this going to be one of those things where they say he should be worried today, but by week eight, he's gone? Uh, honestly, though, if I was the no GM of the New York uh, Jets, I. I can't say he had have a job Tuesday morning, or excuse me, Friday morning. That I would have been let Adam Gates go. He has shown no growth in New York. Sam Darnold looks like a, a you know, like he looks like a shell of himself. Although as a quarterback out of USC, the yeah, the first round pick, the Makai Becton, he was the emergency tackle last night. He was already hurt, and I want to say it was on the, it had to be on the opening drive or the second drive of the game. The tackle got hurt, and here goes the injured the Makai Becton back to the game. Darnold gets slammed on his shoulder. He gets hurt. You have Gore as your running back, who's got to be almost 40. He's in his upper 30s. His son's in college, to tell you how old he is. You know, his son's a starter at Southern Miss, although at running back. And Darnold, luckily he got Jamison Crowder back last night, and he looked a little bit better. Um, But he, he really has no help. He's out there getting destroyed, beat, punished. I mean, speaking on that, I have another you got to get out of this out of there, man. It, do you? And I do not mean this to be funny. Um, uh, last night, six sacks. Yeah. Uh, against a quarterback, that's that's not a Kyler Murray or, or Lamar Jackson, but he's still a mobile quarterback. Yeah, yeah we he, saw he it on move. the touchdown yeah, run. I mean, we saw that on the run. Some touchdown run. Is, there, is Sam Donald facing a legitimate health risk when, while behind that offensive line? Like, the whole Jets team <laughs> uh, has a health risk right now. I'm laughing, but it's not funny. It's not funny because uh, – uh, the Joe Flacco made a pants last night. I forgot Joe Flacco played in the league. He's been quiet. Went two for two. Yeah, he did. Uh, he looked impressive. But if if Darnold's getting killed behind that offensive line, I'm pretty sure I could outrun uh, hey Joe Flacco in a 10-yard dash. <laughs> so if Darnold's getting hurt behind the offensive line, I can't say that a Joe Flacco is going to do any better. Um, but, if I, like, man, if I was a Jets fan, I don't know how I'd feel. You'd feel just like the players did in all those Beat photos up, circling around. Bombed out and Facebook depleted. And yeah. today. I mean, they look like, what am I doing here? Yeah. They didn't. They look defeated. That organization. That's how I look at a salad defeated. bar, Jason. Just sad, <laughs> bewildered, hurt, confused, crying a little bit. Like, the whole team is like small children if you tell them Santa isn't real. That's amazing, dude. That was reflected in their play last night, though. Yeah. I mean, six personal fouls. That is obviously – an illustration of how frustrated yeah. they are with the situation. Yeah. 
Uh, you, you hear all the analysts. They say, oh, well, it's a lack of discipline from the coaching standpoint. Perhaps, but no matter how disciplined of a player you are, at some point everybody has a breaking point. Yeah. Um, and it's been a pretty terrible start for the Jets. Yeah. It, with a lot of hype going in. Yeah. I mean, you got the best-looking uniforms in the NFL today. I mean, those things were slick <laughs> last night. Yeah. And, and the field was too, apparently. Yeah. Week two, having complaints about the field. And then here again, week four, having more complaints about the field. And uh, hey, Vangio rushed his players off last night after the game. And Vic Vangio is a guy who's been in the league a very long time, like over 20 years, I want to say. So I don't think he was showing any kind of disrespect towards Adam Gates and the Jets organization and just having the you know the personal fouls and the right. field turf thing. He was like, guys, our quarterback's hurt. Our best player on defense, Von Miller's hurt. Sutton's hurt. We're not going to face yeah. any more injuries. Yeah, right? And, and you could feel the tension, tension on yeah. the TV. Yeah. So you can only imagine what it felt like yeah, that was there bad. in the stadium. Yeah, it was rough. Not to beat up any more than we have to than the Jets, but part of me, yeah, the offensive line isn't blocking. And, yeah, the players aren't playing up to their potential. But is one of the other problems this Jets team is having is, is, is they do not have a rushing attack. I mean, combined last night, they had 18 carries, Gore, and Perrine, 18 carries. No, so my JP run. 45 yards. The quarterback on one, on had one rush had 46 yeah. and a touchdown. There's enough young backs in the league, if nothing else but fresh legs. I love Frank Gore as a Colts fan. He come to us and played a couple years. He was a load to handle. I handled it with the 49ers coming out of Miami. Um, the Hurricanes program in college, but at the same time, he's in his upper 30s. He may have deep knowledge of the game. He may be a good pass blocker. But if Frank Gore gets to the outside, if I'm a cornerback in the league or a safety or, or even a linebacker at this point, like he strikes no fear in me, he wouldn't. So for nothing else, if Sam Darnold's sanity, I'd find him a backup running back. Like Chase Edwards, like on the Cardinals. Um, you know, he's a good running back behind Drake. You know, hey, go find him a good backup. You know, Carolina has made, you know, hey, Mike Davis work after a Christian McCaffrey injury. Find a running back. They're everywhere. Well, speaking of finding players, it looks like perhaps the Broncos might have found a quarterback for the future. What are your thoughts on on uh, Brett? I don't think he's better than Drew Locke. I think he threw a couple bad picks last night. His first start out of Boise State, um, he didn't look bad. He did make a couple bad throws. As soon as I posted, he looked serviceable. Um, you know, on Facebook, he immediately threw two interceptions. Nineteen to thirty-one, two hundred forty-two yards. Two touchdowns and three, three interceptions. Yes. Yeah. Now, he did throw a deep ball to Jerry Judy. It should have been another pick. But I don't Jerry know. Judy, that showed me right there that, that this Jerry guy Judy had, go get it. Well, and that, that, he, and this guy he had the stones to throw yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, that, that throw can be easily picked. picked it, yeah. But he showed, one, he wasn't scared to make it. Yeah. And, two, he had the arm to make it. Yeah. And it might have been the most impressive thing in the whole game. But it, it might, give me your thoughts. Last night, who was the better quarterback, Sam Donald or, or Brett Ryder? I still think if I was to start a franchise with one, it would be Sam Darnold. No, but I think he got outplayed last night a little bit. But something I want to say is is on the Jets, um, the defensive side of the ball, is they got the whole old Indianapolis Colts secondary that Chris Ballard did not want. And Matthias Farley at safety. Um, yeah, they're DeSeer. Um, I think he had a pick or two last night, but he's the one who Jerry Judy just absolutely mossed on that touchdown catch. And Quincy Nelson's out of Florida. He was our second-round pick a couple years ago, and we just shipped him out. But the coach from the Jets had this weird trade thing going on. And so when the coach had a number three pick in the draft, the Jets traded up and took Sam Darnold. And the coach got probably my favorite player in that draft, and number six, and Quentin Nelson out of Notre Dame, the big guard. Dude blocks like uh, Jonathan Ogden. He, you know, He's a fantastic pass blocker. He's, he's a phenomenal run blocker, and the man's got a mullet. I mean, what else could you want out of offensive linemen, to be quite honest with you? But a whole different story. The Jets are just bad. Is there any scenario in which you could imagine the Jets finding a way to salvage the season? To No, to just find victory in week five against the Cardinals? No. Um, I think that their most winnable game is I think they play the Dolphins on the road, have a bye week. Like, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I think I heard that they play the Dolphins, have a bye week, and then play the Dolphins at home again. I think having an extra week to prepare, and technically three weeks because it's the same team, your bye week, and then your actual week of preparation, 
that may be their first win. But you're giving the Dolphins the same thing, really. So there's a, they got they got a game Talent, in between, yeah. but still, yeah. Um, switching. I'm trying to find a bright spot, man. It's the Jets. It's a four letter word, literally and metaphorically. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I there's feel a so movie called uh, Hey Big Daddy. It's an old Adam Sandler movie, and he uh, that like yeah, it was a small kid in that movie who uttered a phrase. I'm not going to say here on the podcast, but every Jets fan knows the phrase I'm talking about, and that's how every Jet fan has to feel right now about the Jets. So. The Broncos face the Patriots in week five. Yeah, sorry, Broncos. Is it possible, coming off a win, that they can manufacture an upset? I don't think so. Other not would be a better check and not with Cam Newton. I, typically speaking, if you got the best quarterback on the field, I feel like your chances of, you know, a victory are higher. You know, but when you're head coaching, you know, um, yeah, the discrepancy though between Banjo and Bill Belichick is so large. I feel like that's not a recipe for a win in Denver. Well, folks, you heard it. This is going to be our first break here at 3rd and 8. We want to thank you again for tuning in. Brought to you by Pure Clean of Wake Forest. And when we get back, Fantasy Matchup. I mentioned in the opening uh, segment, yeah, that we're going to do a little bit of a fantasy matchup here. Um, yeah, in the group there, Nate on Facebook, they'll find us and join the group. A question was posed by a buddy of mine, the Jake Goss. Hey, shout out to you, Boss Goss. Jacob, the Boss Goss. Yeah, the Boss Goss, baby. Um, he posed a question if the Jets and the Giants had formed that roster, and could they go 8-8? Eight and, eight? and so, me, you decided to take teams, you know, who are in the, yeah, like a close region of the other one. And this is... These are the teams that mean you picked tonight, the Titans and the Panthers. And so would you call them the Carolina Titans or? The Tennessee Panthers? i got to go to Carolina Titans because that just sounds dope. Yeah. Carolina Titans. Yeah, the Carolina uh, Titans sounds dope. I don't even know what Tennessee Panthers sound like. It almost sounds like a whiskey that wouldn't yeah. be any good, but it's not. So, yeah, yeah no, nah, definitely Carolina Titans. Okay. How we did this before is we kind of picked, you know, which the best player to fit those yeah. positions. Trying is to make it like, as even right. as possible. So, starting off, I here's a good one. Quarterback. Yeah. Is it going to be Teddy or Tannehill? I got to go Ryan Tannehill. I, it's not a huge gap in between them, but I feel like Tannehill is a little bit better. The second choice is oh, by this far is the, the toughest. The hardest. The toughest. CMC or Derrick Henry. I feel like, as once again, as I stated last week, though, with uh, Le'Veon and Saquon, you got to keep both. Because you talk about a thunder and lightning group. If you got on Madden and played, you know what I'm saying, a fantasy league, and you literally picked a thunder back and a lightning back per se, I'm sorry, this is what you would come out with. Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. Assuming you could afford the cap, but sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, best of luck there. Yeah. Um, excuse me, though. Derrick Henry running down and Christian McCaffrey coming out of the backfield. He'd probably still be, you know what I'm saying, the leading receiver on the team playing running back. But in the NFL today, you don't see a lot of two backs on the field at the same time. You would you would figure this out. Yeah. Who's going to start the game for you? <sighs> and what's going to be your formation? Are we coming out? Is the Carolina Titans going to be a power run football team? Or are we going to be a vertical stretch team with a little bit of Derrick Henry sprinkled in? I almost feel like you have to start Christian McCaffrey on this just because he's a little bit more versatile. Absolutely. It sounds crazy, but Derrick Henry's primary – gift or talent, you know, he per se is running between the tackles. And obviously McCaffrey, I feel like he's a more do-it-all kind of guy. You know, he's not going to run you over as much as Henry will. He'll still run you over. Derrick Henry's not catching 100 passes the same as Christian McCaffrey will. Do you think these two in the backfield together would be the strongest argument to bring back the old split back or wing T for the NFL? You can run the wishbone. I don't care which <laughs> run. You'd have to get both of them. Now, just imagine they're putting Derrick Henry a fullback. Oh. Now, you have to plan for that, and obviously, he. Good God, how would you find McCaffrey behind Derrick Henry? <laughs> you you, you yeah, would lose best him. Of luck. Yeah. So, I don't know how you would do it. No, but you would make it work. You'd have to figure it out. Then at wide receiver go DJ Moore and AJ Brown. Oh, the two initial wide receivers, cool. Okay, here's another one though. That slot. Yeah. Is it going to be Robbie Anderson or Adam, or Adam Humphreys? Humphreys is <sighs> solid, in my opinion. I still got to go with Robbie Anderson. 
just because he's a little bit bigger target and he's equally as fast. And I feel like, yeah, but if you had to, though, stick DJ Moon aside and stick Robbie Anderson outside. If you had to. Um, it's still, honestly, it probably won't be the two on one field, no way. And then Johnny Smith is your tight Johnny end. Johnny Smith, yeah. He's more of a pass catching tight end anyway. And so your receivers, honestly, would probably be. I don't know how much that they'd actually be using the offense though with Christian McCaffrey, Derek Brown, and Johnny Smith. Right. I mean, they'd Christian st- McCaffrey's going to yeah. be your lead my receiver. You'd no have to what. figure out a way right. to use them. But at the same time, I mean, I mean, AJ and DJ aren't slouches by any stretch of the imagination. Just a McCaffrey and Henry, you know what I'm saying, they're a better year to their job than they are theirs. And so you got a, a decent receiving core, a really strong backfield, a pretty good game manager in the quarterback. On the offensive line, you're not there. You're not bad there either. I mean, not great, but you're Taylor not bad. Taylor Lewan, yeah, tackle. Dennis Kelly at tackle, not great, not bad. Uh, at guard, what Mike Scriffle? I think he played in Denver some, yeah. And then uh, Russell, what is his name? Yeah, but Okun, Okun, yeah, Russell Okun. So Seattle. Th- there's your other guard. And then Ben Jones. At and then Ben probably. Jones at center. That, that's not a bad offensive line. Yeah, the Okun is technically a tackle, but just. For the sake of the argument, like I feel like he was the best offensive lineman left out of the ten. He was a more agile one. Yeah. Okay, so that that's a pretty good offense. This D line with Brian Burns and Derek Brown, Clowney and Kwan Short. Kwan Short, yeah. God, Derek yeah. Brown and Kwan Short in the middle at the tackle spots, and Brian Burns and Jadavion Clowney at the DNs. That would be trouble. Trouble. T r o u b l e. What about okay? The most, in my opinion, one of the most important parts of any defense, the linebacking core. Shaq Thompson's the shoe in here. Shaq Thompson, uh, Rashawn Evans, and Jayon Brown. Uh, the Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans are two of the fastest linebackers in the league. And Shaq Thompson's, he's Shaq Thompson, man. Carolina fans know what Shaq Thompson is. So, if you're going to put Jackson Brown at linebacker, that means instead of having Jeremy Chin at, like, the hybrid position, you're going to just stick him at strong safety. Just, well, he'd be your other corner. But he's or your listed, nickel yeah, corner, yeah, yeah. He's listed as a safety slash outside linebacker on Carolina's website, and he leads the team in tackles. And he's a rookie. He's a rookie. And that's yeah. impressive, you know, in and of itself. So you have to find a way to have him on the field. He's more of a – he reminds me of Patrick Chung. Um, hey, early on with the Patriots, he was kind of a safety. No, but he played the role of – I ain't sure if you would call it a joker on defense, but he kind of – you lined him up wherever you wanted to put him. Like how they did do last year from Clemson. You know, he just kind of lined him up. Anywhere and everywhere, and you just kind of just let him play. You know what I mean? And you know, having Kenny Vaccaro, who's a former Saint, and then Kevin Byer, um, you know, on your back end at your safety spots. Who? And then you got long in the two. Dante Jackson, I mean, at corner. He's not. He's fast. Great in coverage, but, but he's, good fast. God, he's fast. You're not going to yeah. be him deep. Yeah, and right. honestly, though, with that D line, you, you got so much pressure. Yeah, your on the corners are going to yeah. be, yeah. you know, you ain't gonna get a lot of coverage sacks with Chung and um, you know, Dante. No, but you get a lot of. You know, pass rush, and that's going to help your corners. So, is, anything is the Carolina way. Titans going to be a zone defense, or are we playing four-three man up, cover two shell? What are we doing? I'd probably go cover two, just because of how fast the linebackers are, and you know, he just keeping everything in front of you and having fast linebackers allow you to break on the ball and do that kind of thing, and having that pass rush up front. Now, because if you're going to play a cover two defense, the you know head defensive tackle spot is so it's a huge important piece of it, and having Derrick Brown and Kwan Short up front. Is gonna you know hey make a push on that interior line though those two guys on the outside who can absolutely you know hey cause problems on opposing quarterbacks. So the Carolina Titans. Yeah, that's a dope name, man. That is a dope name. How right did you now, do the uniforms though? Well, you're close already. Yeah. I mean, you're not very far off in colors. I mean, one's blue, blue and white. And yeah. The other one's blue, black that's and white. I mean, yeah, you're not, not really doing. Terrible. But honestly, if I was to change the name to Carolina Titans, I would probably go in a different color pattern altogether. How, now, how would you do it? I'm biased. I really I, think yeah. I feel uh, some red and gold was fucking ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, an alternative red and gold uniform would Shocker. be would be great. However, if if I'm something brand new for them, yeah. something wild and crazy, man, give me some like uh, some like aqua blue with some 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 sort of crazy sea green, like wild design, yeah. like nothing you typically see right now. Something you probably find on some youth league where they got these really cool designs yeah. by these really cool jersey makers. Just go crazy. Now, honestly, if I was going to do a fantasy and matchup team, how I would do the uniform is I would I'd send them off to Oregon and get them to, you know, send them the uniforms. Because yeah, yeah. their uniform combinations, bro, those silver ones are some of my favorite in college football. They're good. They're dope. But the, the, the Mizzou Tigers, 
I those, think, yeah, those are, are pretty good too, yeah. They're kind of simple, but they're banging, dude. Yeah. The, the helmets are banging. Here's the question, though, because you can have great uniforms and seemingly good players and still be the Jets of the NFL. Do you see the Carolina Titans being Super Bowl competitors? Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, absolutely. You know, hey, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry beat, you know, hey, the former league MVP on Lamar Jackson last year in the playoffs. And if I... If I remember right, they also beat Tom Brady doing Bill Belichick, correct? They, they did. They did. They did. So, they didn't have CMC. They didn't have DJ Moore. And they didn't have Brian Burns and no Derek Brown and no Kwan Short and no Shaq Thompson and no Jeremy Chin and no Dante Jackson. And they still beat, in some people's opinion, the best quarterback of all time, some people's opinion, and the league MVP in Lamar Jackson. And you give them an upgrade, good God, you're the Super Bowl of the contenders. Okay, so I, I know we weren't planning on talking about this, but hearing you talk about one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, I just I don't mean to pop something up on you randomly, right? But I just have to do this. Who is Trevor Lawrence going to be playing for next year? I mean, right now it's the Jets. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean, but how can the Jets take you when you just took – Sam Donald, and quite frankly, how could you, Trevor Lawrence, be watching what's happening to Sam Donald and still go there? So, again, I hate to throw it on you like this, but, hey, that's what we're about here, right? So, is there a team that should be looking to get Trevor Lawrence? Uh, Is there a team that he's going to fit best with? And is there a team that should be trying to play worse than the Jets to get him? It's going to be hard to play worse than the Jets. Um, Even if you try to do that, that's kind of (laughs) bad. But, and you know what I'm saying, though, Mike Greenberg at ESPN, he's the former host of Mike and Mike. He does his own show now at 2 o'clock on ESPN Radio. He made a bold claim today that if he were Trevor Lawrence and he had a year of eligibility left at Clemson, you know, he under Dabo Sweeney, and the Jets had the first pick, he would stay in college. <laughs> now, forfeit all the money. You laugh at that, but if Trevor Lawrence is my son, I would tell him, look, in the draft class of O two, Eli Manning, uh, yeah, he was taking you know first ever role, um, and he told the San Diego Chargers just you know because of their yeah but ineptitude as an organization he was not going to play there. His dad was obviously Archie Manning, and he had a huge pull in the NFL league still does, and he told them no. If I was the father and or agent of Trevor Lawrence, I tell that young man in a nice way, if the Jets had the first pick. I'd make a stand and say up front, I'm not coming here. You have Sam Darnold. I've seen you get this young man hurt. I've seen your ineptitude as a franchise since they hadn't had a good year since Brett Favre left. Right. And I would strongly tell Trevor Lawrence, look, man, I I mean, go back to college. Go back. Or just go ahead and make your stand now. That way they know. And if you're an organization like the San Francisco 49ers, the you know Detroit Lions, or please, for the love of God, Chris Battle in Indianapolis, for the love of all things, holy if this happens, you make the call. And if I'm Chris Battler, hypothetically speaking, my God, if I'm Chris Battler, and you have a history of trading inside the Jets organization, as I mentioned earlier with Darnold Nelson and them having our entire old secondary, if you know that Trevor Lawrence has told the Jets, I'm not coming here, plain and simple, you can book it, I'm not coming and you have the 20th pick in the draft, I'd be like, hey, Jets, I'll offer you a couple first-round picks, a couple thirds, a couple fifths. Take my entire draft class. You see me Trevor Lawrence because he's a guy that he doesn't come around every day. As a freshman quarterback, he went into Clemson and won the national title. And last year, even though the title he lost yet against Joe Burrow, I feel like if he come out of class last year, he'd have still been the first pick in the draft as a sophomore in college. That's a call you go make. Well, you bring Chris up Bader, a good please point. Please, God, you make a good point. If that is the scenario that ends up playing out, where some the Jets use this guy as a trading mechanism, yeah. oh, I would force them to use me as a trade bait. What? I as mean, I understand you saying that, but not everybody has the Manning family pool. And quite frankly, I thought from day one with Eli doing that, he set the tone for the rest of his career as a a a poster child, and quite frankly, a, a, a you know a cry yeah, baby. baby. And uh, I wouldn't. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has that character. But yeah, but can I ask you one thing? He may look like a crybaby. Yeah, but was he right? 
Does he have two Super Bowl rings? Yes. The luckiest quarterback in the history of the world. I mean, a catch with a helmet. Yeah, I mean. I mean, he's, he's still sure that when it matters. And obviously, Rivers, in my opinion, is better than Eli Manning overall. But. Uh, yeah. Uh, are we kidding? Yeah, absolutely. Ben's <laughs> yeah. one, Rivers is two, Eli's three. Um, and I think it's a larger gap, you know, hey, in between Ben and Phil than Phil and Eli. But he did the right thing. Plain and simple, he did the right thing. And, um, man, if I was Trevor Lawrence, there's no way I'd end up in New York. I mean, he did the right thing maybe for himself because he's not a tough quarterback. He's not someone who had the character or the charisma to go in and change an organization. He didn't have the leadership skills. All he had was a name and a halfway decent arm. Yeah. Trevor, on the other hand... yeah, has a somebody, backbone. Trevor has yeah. leadership skills. Trevor is very charismatic. Yeah. Trevor is the type of guy that could walk into an organization without, uh, you know, a history of success from a family, and say, "I'm here. Yeah. You're going to change the way you do business, and we're going to find a way to win the Super Bowl." That's the type of quarterback that he is. Yeah. Eli could have never been that. And I admire him, Eli for owning himself. It was one yeah. of the most honest moments I've ever seen from a professional and athlete. So he's got the personality, though, for, for that market. Like, Eli had the same face I looked like just riding a bus, dude. He looked like he could care less. Right. Super Bowl, you know, you know, he only won five games. Super Bowl five-game win streak. Eli looked the same dude. Right. Like, you know, he could probably eat hot dogs on Tuesdays, at, you know, somewhere else. And he played in the Super Bowl, and he would have the same expression. He's right. good in New York. Right. You know, hey, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, as you said, does seem like he's a more outgoing kind of guy. No, but at the same time, I wouldn't go to New York, dude. Like, like I just wouldn't. I don't know what the, I don't know if that wouldn't be, like, the most incredible Cinderella story ever. It's the team that's going to struggle the, the way they struggle this yeah. year. Uh, you know, and quite and honestly, legitimately, could be 0-16. Yeah. Could legitimately not win a football yeah. game. To then walk in the next year and completely change that organization. Yeah, and see, and as a Colts fan, like everybody says I'm kind of biased. Oh, you are, but oh, a hundred percent. No, but at the same time, you know, like, um, like Andrew Luck, you know, coming out in 2012 at the first pick, he took a horrible head coach in Chuck Pagano, and honestly, one of the worst GMs I've ever seen in Ryan Grigson, and the same roster who was so bad they got the first pick in the draft. The next year he come in, the only addition he had on offense was Hilton. I think he played at FIU. He was like a third or fourth round pick who's still there. You know, right. he T.Y. Hilton. And he went 11-5. He never had a losing season. But the franchise ineptitude costed him a career. If I was Trevor Lawrence, and I feel like he's the best pro you know, prospect since, you know, Andrew Luck. I know Mahomes, but nobody saw Mahomes coming. Right. He come out of nowhere. Right. No, but at the same time, if I'm Trevor Lawrence – I would look at Eli Manning. I would look at Andrew Luck to say I was the golden boy. Well, he was the golden boy. He came into a bad coach, bad GM, bad franchise, never had a losing record. Never had a losing record. But he ended his career short now because his franchise failed him, and that's what would happen in New York. Which leads us to the only question of where then would Trevor go because where is there a need for Trevor? And, that, and I know why that you're going to love to hear that question because right now when you start going through the rosters – the Colts would be the most likely. Well, the Colts, I feel like the Bears, unless, you know, Foles does what Foles does and gets hot for, you know, a 12-game stretch. Um, the the Col- Bears are 3-0. They're, yeah. They're going to be, never a, be in that. They're well, going to be a – they could always trade down, but yeah. they would have to give up the house. Yeah. And they already give up the house and trade it up and got, you know, slapped by that. Now, now, now it would be a, an amazing thing for them to do to make up for the – the Mitch, money Mitch. Yeah, I think they're, you know, fan base that would love that. But from the Vikings' perspective, just hypothetically speaking, they're 0-3. Yeah, but you can't. you got a contract with Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins that you, yeah. you – There is no cheap way out all of right, that so one. with all of Kirk Cousins' failures, and you I can love mock Kirk them Cousins. if you want to. But overall, Kirk Cousins had the most sense of any quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. Oh, yeah. Cam Newton signed a deal with Carolina, stayed home. Luck signed a deal with the Colts, stayed home. You know, but – you know, hey, Kirk Cousins, who was a fourth-round pick in the same draft, y'all took Robert Griffin in right. two. Um, yeah, Cousins played at Michigan State, I want to say. Yes, but he did. Yep. He went out and got guaranteed money on the free market. Yes, he did. If I was a quarterback and I know that they'll pay Kirk Cousins $88 million guaranteed, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, 
with all the respect to Green Bay, if I'm Tom Brady, with all the respect to New England, if I'm Big Ben, with all the respect to Pittsburgh, at some point, if you're if their coaching staff or especially Aaron Rodgers case that with his beef with Mike McCarthy is failing me or it's the perception I'm being failed here. If Kirk Cousins gets eighty eight million dollars on the open market, how much money would Aaron Rodgers make on the open market? Especially three years ago. Three years ago, a My lot more than God. Ago, yeah. He'd make more than eighty eight million right now. After the first three games of this right season, now. absolutely, yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely, thirty-five plus points in if, every game, yeah. no interceptions. Yeah. yeah, if all else above Kirk Cousins, I feel like he would. That was a smart move to financially. Kirk Cousins brilliant is, is a brilliant, in my mind, in my opinion, is one of the more brilliant quarterbacks in the NFL today. Not only is his play that good, he he is realistically, in my opinion, top six, top seven quarterbacks. Me and you disagree, but I think Kirk Cousins is up between 10 and 15, somewhere in there. I mean, you can be wrong. Hey, let me correct That's your fine. opinion with the facts. <laughs> he is. Um, but he, he just, he like you said, he did it the right way. And he went out and he got what he knew that he wanted. Moving on, though. Another thing we want to talk about. We made some upset picks of the week yep. uh, on the radio show. Let's go over one of them. Let's Let's rehash it right here on the podcast. Who do you think the upset pick of the week is? I think it's going to be, I said this last week, and I was, like, I'm not sure if I was right or wrong because he tied, but I think that Joe Burrow is finally, he's going to get off the snide and, you know, get his first win over the Jags. So, obviously, Gordon Minshew had a bad week last week. So, hopefully, this week, it you know, he continues up for the sake of my, you know, he upset picks because last week I picked the Giants over the 49ers. And, uh... That was uh, wrong. So, hopefully this week it goes a little bit better. Um, so, yeah, there's my upset pick of the week. Hey, have you got any thoughts on that? Have I got any thoughts on it? Yeah, out of all the games that you could have possibly picked for an upset this week, you picked the Bengals over the Jaguars. Did I stutter? I think so, man, because ha- he got to get his first win at some point, though the Jaguars are not an excellent team. You know, hey, Minshew, imagine it happened, though. But Joe Cool and Minshew, it might be a good quarterback battle there because both defenses are kind of trash. Um, yeah, just for the sake of the spread, and I'm confident in Burrow to finally do his thing, Jags, the Jags are going down. No, Jags going to win 27-21. Let me help you make the right upset pick of the week. Okay. Last week, you went the Giants over the 49ers. Okay. You were half God, that, yeah. The 49ers is going to be involved in an upset this year. It just wasn't last week. It's this week. Oh, the Eagles are going to be beating the 49ers. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> you disagree, apparently? <laughs> apparently, I do disagree. Um, I strongly disagree. Strongly, strongly, strongly disagree with that. I I don't understand where you can find a point to disagree with this. The 49ers are still a beat-up wreck team. Now, there is rumors that Kittle could be coming back. He's coming back. Garoppolo's still out, but like I said last week, But Wentz knows he's on the hot seat. Yeah. The offensive line is playing better. You have one of the better-performing running backs right now. The defense is improving week to week. If you tie the Bengals, I don't – I don't think you're beating the 49ers. You're going to beat the 49ers. The 40, the Mullins did not have the pass rush that he's going to face this week. He didn't get that from the Giants. He's going to face a pass rush this week. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I think as much as I believe in Mullins, I believe in that pass rush more. And the Eagles are going to take this game. That's the upset pick of the week. Uh, now, if you have a different opinion, log into our Facebook group, 3rd and 8. Let us know your thoughts. Um, but moving on, high-scoring game of the week. Who do you hmm. have for this? The Dolphins in Seattle. And this is why. It sounds weird, but this is why. The defense in Seattle is already next to last in the league garden, you know, passes on pass defense. And the, um, yeah, the Jamal Adams is out, and he's the best, you know, player on the back end. So it's going to be a high-scoring game to me. Wrong. Okay, well. Like, I'll try to explain myself. Wrong. <laughs> I guess he's going to give me a chance to explain myself. Thanks, Donald. But <sighs> having Russell Wilson, 
and maybe a little bit of, you know, Ryan again doing his whole thing with Fitzmagic. It may, I think it had to change Jumpson that'll be the high scoring game of the week. You and anyone who believes that has to have lost their freaking mind, man. The Falcons are playing the Packers. That's going to be a good one. I think <laughs> if any team or game like outside of mine, it's going to be that one. Because both defenses are bad, and Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan are both on fire. They're going to score a ton of points. I mean, Green Bay's had 35-plus points in every one of their games. The Falcons puts up a lot of points. They just can't seem to continue to do that in the fourth quarter. Yeah, but who do you think is going to win the game overall? Falcons. Stop it. Get some help. I really disagree on that, man. If you think Matt Ryan is going to – and me and you argued about this on the show, baby. I I can't – if you can't beat Nick Foles and the Bears, you're not beating Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Listen to me. Fans, I want to apologize about my distraction early in the first segment. Yeah, there was some NBA Finals action going on in the background, so I apologize about my tendency there to be a little bit off. Apparently, you, apparently you're not back in the game <laughs> because you think Seattle – and uh, Seattle and the Dolphins are going to put up more points than Falcons and the Packers. You and think the Falcons are going to beat the Packers, and you are wrong. No, listen to me. There's First off, you keep going back to the Bears game. The Falcons were winning that game handedly, and then and they, they forgot to play football they lost in it. the fourth quarter. Okay, You know who isn't going to forget to play football in the fourth quarter? Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Okay. I get it. But every team has that moment when they're due. Now, I understand. I said that with the Jets over the Broncos. They have me rethinking my thoughts a little bit, right? They, they kind of make me want to go back and reassess the situation. Yeah. But Matt Ryan is not the Jets, okay? Yeah. Quinn is not A.G., the Falcons are going to finally win, and there's no better time for them to do it than now. Uh. <laughs> As you made the point earlier that everybody is due for a win, pregnant women are also due typically nine months away, and the Falcons are not winning on Sunday. Wrong. Do you understand me? Let me say it one more time. <laughs> Wrong. Okay. Again. I hope you're used Wrong. to hearing that because after <laughs> Sunday, I'm going to say it over and over. And I get that the Jets failed me and they completely did away with statistics. Yeah, right? the Jets have failed everybody. And, and they're that. just probably going to go 0-16. But as bad as Matt and the Falcons are, they're not that bad. They're going to get one, and this is going to be their week. You cannot be on the top the way Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are on the top every week all the time, forever. Um, the last time somebody did that was the Miami Dolphins. Green Bay Packers are not the Miami Dolphins. They're not going to go undefeated. They're going to suffer a defeat. And there's no better team for them to suffer that defeat dude, than, than the Atlanta Falcons. Because when you really look at the Atlanta Falcons... They're not bad. They're, they're just, not bad. They're not bad at all. They're, they have one of the better built defenses... They have a really good offense. Every, they just don't play. Every starter on offense is a first-round pick, and that's never happened in league history. That is an amazing feat unto itself. But at the same time, as I told you Monday on the radio show, um, if it's a four-quarter game, if it was a three-quarter game, I'd go with the Falcons. If it's a four-quarter game, I'll take eight, you know, Aaron Rodgers at home. Hey, A-Ron, yeah, as they said on Key and Peele. Well, that wraps up this segment of the show, folks. I want to thank you again for tuning in to Third and Eight, brought to you by Pure Clean of Wake Forest. When we get back, it's the moment you've all been waiting yes, for. We're going to talk about moment. some food, baby. So, on our Facebook group, if you're not a member of it, you got to become one. Yep. There was a poll done. Yep. And it, it was about some different questions that they would like to see you ask. Mm -hmm. And I was very happy 
with the one that won. And yeah. so I get to ask you that now. This is probably it, one of the more difficult ones. The Waffle House hash browns, it's only one way to get them. It's got to be the triple hash browns when it's soft as gravy, but I'll let you ask the question. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. God, I'm fat. According to the majority of the members of 3rd and 8's Facebook group, they would like to know, Brandon, what would be the last meal hmm. you ever ate? So, as a fat guy, I have two separate answers. You're saying I knew death was coming and could plan out ahead. I'd get a three-course meal, right? Okay. So, if I knew at Friday at 5 o'clock, this is it, right? As opposed to, you know, being on death row and they give me one meal. That's it. No appetizer and no dessert. And so, the first one I'll give you is, if I had a three-course meal, how I would break it down. My appetizer is cheese fries, cheese fries and bacon. I love, you know, hey, loaded fries. You got fries, cheese and bacon. If you find something wrong with that, just go play in traffic. I don't know what to tell you. There's a reason you're <laughs> dying if that's your appetizer, yeah. but go ahead. Yeah, we no, know how you got here. Heart attack. Right. <laughs> um, and my main course, if I had to pick one food on my, like, you know, a full course meal, I probably got to go shout out to Angus Barn and Raleigh. Prime rib. It's it's so good. What? So good. Prime rib? Prime rib. Have you you ever paid for prime rib, first of all? You know how expensive that stuff is. <laughs> Let's start there. First of all, uh, I got a buddy of mine, Matt, who showed me how prime rib looked years ago. And I'm like, I'm not touching that. And finally, you know, I was like, I'm not a child. I'll try. And I was like, that's pretty good. So I'd probably get a huge prime rib, some baked macaroni. I don't know what my third or my other side would be. It'd be something. Um, that's tough. Let's see. A prime rib. And it's got to be that macaroni where it's so much cheese in it. You're like 100% sure that you're going to pass out by lunchtime when you're done. As my third side. It's probably a potato in some variety. Mashed. A baked potato. It's the fruit of the sea. No, I'm just playing. Oh, there's bubblegum sitting for us. Gonna put so many things that you can do to potato. And then for my dessert, have you ever had a molten lava cake from Chili's? Yes, I have. Bruh. Oh, uh, hey, if you're going to go out, that's the way to I go I want to feel like I'm dying, too. <laughs> so if you give me cheese fries or loaded fries or prime rib, the macaroni, another potato in some aspect, and then the, you know, hey, molten lava cake, that's 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 probably my way to go. So, wait a minute. <laughs> this I have. This is if I had to plan a three-course meal out for myself. It's two separate answers to this question. Yeah, but I can understand why you're dying after yeah. the appetizer and the main course. We're good on on the dessert. I, I agree with you. If yeah. I'm dying and I can have a dessert, I'm going okay. with a lava cake, too. But prime rib? May I ask, have you ever had prime Over rib? filet? I think so, yeah. I think so. Like, everybody's got a different taste in steaks as far as I've seen some people who like T-bone, some like sirloin, some like prime rib, and some like, you know what I'm saying, they're different, you know, fillets and stuff like that, but that's just my personal preference. I can't say everybody's going to agree. Probably nobody, but that's, you know. Okay, so that's you don't if get you a knew figure, it was you know coming. You don't like mine. But that's, that, okay, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. You're, you're a fat guy. I'm a fat guy in training. I get it. So I trained you well. You, I'm learning, yeah. master. Um. So that's if you had time to plan it out and you knew it was coming. Yeah. But you said that there would be a different meal yeah, if, strangely you, enough. if you didn't know. If I, Okay, so... Or if you could only have one thing. One thing. Right. One thing in particular, have to go chicken and waffles. From where? Dames in Durham. And it's a couple of different locations. I want to say it's two. But if you're an adult and you use the argument chicken and waffles don't sound good together, if you have a child and the next time your child doesn't want to eat something... And you tell them, you don't know if you'll like it until you try it. Stop being a child, act like an adult, and try fried chicken and waffles. The, you know, crunch of the chicken and the crunch of the waffles. Man, like, I'm getting hungry sitting here, bro. But the crunch of the chicken and the crunch of the waffles, the saltiness of the chicken, the savory of the syrup, the sweet and savory side of the syrup, and it dames is different smears. And usually I get the strawberry one. And the baked macaroni and cheese. No, no, listen. I am absolutely in agreement on the chicken and waffles. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure why you have two different scenarios. Yeah. If I'm going out, yeah. I want chicken and waffles. I, I love that meal. Not from Dames. Yeah. There's not anything out of Durham I really care for outside of Duke. But 
if I'm going to have chicken and waffles, yeah. I've got to make the trip to downtown Raleigh, and I got to go to Beasley's. I've never had it, so I can't really. This has to be the ne- one of the next few food okay. reviews, ladies and gentlemen. Let us know. Go to Facebook, our Facebook group, Third and Eight. If you've had Beasley's and you've had Dames, let us know which one you think's better. Yeah. But now I'm going to challenge you. Okay. I know we got one more few re- food review before this, but yeah. we've got to go to Beasley's. We've got to sit down. We've got to have their chicken and waffles. Okay. We've got to have their baked macaroni with pimento cheese, mind you. Yeah, that's hit or miss with me. No, it's not hit or miss. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, one. it is a home run okay. every time. And you want to talk about a smear? They drizzle it. With honey, my friend, and it is so divine. I, I, it almost it should be a sin to eat it. It's that good. So, if I have a cardiologist appointment coming up, I should probably go after or before. Uh, like, definitely you, after. After. Okay, just yeah. to make sure nothing's wrong. After. I, I th- there is no comparison for me. But I mean, not to knock Dames. Now, I can't fine. speak on B just because yeah. I've never had it. I just know from what I've had at Dames, it's. I didn't think it'd be that good, and it was more of like. I didn't know, you know, hey, what to expect going in. No, but I got the two, uh, hey, breast cutlets. I want to say it's called like the Bruff Brahmas is what I got. It's two chicken cutlets, a waffle, and macaroni. The waffle. And this is a discussion that I'll have on another podcast because this is one I'm very, very adamant about. Pancakes and waffles are not in the same class. No. The day pancakes have syrup pockets, give me a call and we'll talk. But... Waffles are, you know, hand and shoulders above pancakes, but the chicken and waffle combo from Dames, it's like having Magic Johnson's height, Steph Curry's jumper, bronze build, Shaq's rebounding ability, and Kobe's work ethic. You cannot fail. Uh, have you tried the Chips Ahoy McFlurry? Chris, as a big guy asking me this question, I think you know the answer. Now, guys... You know, brace yourself. Y'all know my love for Wendy's is not um, hard to find. But, no, but the homie Ronald McDonald is not far behind. Me and Ron, <laughs> me and Ronald go back. Um, I have put um, probably over 3 million calories of my body weight from Ronald McDonald's, in, or excuse me, million calories into my body from Ronald. But this Chips Ahoy McFlurry, hey, surprise of you guys, um, I was not impressed. How do you mess up cookies and ice cream? I don't – Wendy's and McDonald's, I got beef with y'all right now. Y'all got to hear me out. You've perfected so much over – McDonald's, you perfected a processed rib sandwich. For the love of God, we all know it's mystery meat. We all know it's some kind of weird barbecue sauce. But every time it comes back, I'm like a kid at Christmas. Like I'm in the drive-thru. <laughs> two $20 bills, lock, stock, and ready to go. How do you mess up cookies and ice cream? I do not understand. Y'all ever seen like Alpo dog food? <laughs> I took – this honest to God's truth. The inside of this ice cream cookie combo looked like wet Alpo dog food. I've been into it going home, driving in my truck, and was like, "This is." I wasn't even mad. I spilled some on me, and wasn't even mad. I lost it. That's just that's, that's a just, fat guy. That's yeah, saying a lot, bro. Right? That's yeah. saying a lot. Like, yeah. like I'm almost totaled the truck over a tater tot. I don't give a crap. <laughs> I dropped some of my shorts and never blinked. I was like, "This is kind of trash." But as an adult and being fat, this is two separate issues. If I pay for something. Unless it's kale or a salad or something vegetable oriented, I'm gonna finish it. So I bit the bullet, I finished it. I was not surprised or you know, pleased with it. I was surprised how bad it was. The Oreo the McFlurry was great. I still think it's a top notch classic. Y'all shakes are awesome at McDonald's. The strawberry is by far my favorite. But just God, how do you mess up two very basic ingredients? Chocolate chip cookies and ice cream. It's like, how do you make a bad meal out of bread and water? Yeah, but, okay, so let me play devil's advocate here. Please do. One of the, even worse than probably what you tasted when you had that McFlurry, because I had a different experience with it. Okay. Is the fact that McDonald's seemingly has their machines broken at all times. So if you want a milkshake or if you want a McFlurry, half the time they're out or it's not working. Could it possibly have just been that what you got was some byproduct of a broken machine, and this is not the normal, uh, everyday what we can expect from them. If their machine ain't broke, my hopes and dreams were, although for that McFlurry, because I'm telling you, I was like, I was so angry with it, like, and it was also the same night, like I sampled their pumpkin pies. 
And as I said before, you don't get a figure from, you know, hey, this like mine from not doing stuff like this. But I sampled it and then I saw the McFlurry and I was like, hey, I got to try that. You know, you know, he just for S&Gs, as they say, blank and giggles, you know, so I tried it and I just, I, it didn't sit, something about the texture of the cookie just didn't sit well with me. Now, like a crunchy Oreo, I don't know if they just left the chunks of the cookie too big or whether I just had a healthy fat night. I don't, I, something about the whole picture was just off because like I said, like I've almost totaled a truck over a tater tot. I still remember the actual incident and that's why I keep referencing the moment. But this cookie, you know, hey, McFlurry was just bad. Hey, McDonald's, if you want to, you know, message me, send me another one. I'll do, you know, gladly try to give you guys another, you know, hey, review on it. Just to, I hope for y'all's sake it was a bad one because y'all know I'm a freak customer. Y'all ought to give me discounts at this point, for God's sake. McDonald's kind of lost me, though, when I discovered Cookout, uh, when it comes to the shakes. I mean, there's no comparison. Yeah, no, I, oh, no I mean, comparison. That, I mean, that is the professionals of the milkshake yeah. game or slash shake game. That's versus, the MLB right. and then AA. Right, yeah. I mean, something. the AA's fine to watch if there's yeah. nothing else going on, yeah. but it's not, it's not Cookout. But let me ask it to you this way. If you had to choose one, and Brandon, you have in this scenario to choose one, would you rather be a Jet fan or have to endure another one of those McFlurries? I'd rather bathe in a McFlurry than cheer for any team in New York. <laughs> That's any of them. The Knicks, the Nets. I don't know what – I think it's the Islanders that play in New York. Right. Like, I'm not 100% sure. The Jets, Giants, any of them. They have been putrid franchises as long as I've been alive. And quite frankly, bathing in ice cream is a fat dude. Doesn't sound like a bad way to bathe. <laughs> Not a bad way to bathe, indeed. Hey, guys, that brings us to the end of the show. want to thank you all for tuning in to 3rd and 8, brought to you by Pure Clean and Wake Forest this week. Don't forget, look us up on Facebook. Give us a like, join our group. And next Monday, 6 p.m. at nextdoorradio.com.